When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This week's episode of Motherfucker Horror is brought to you by the show's generous supporters on Patreon. Supporters like Orla and Kira Malloy, who have chosen to use the annual subscription feature. It's currently a discount available for people who want to support the Patreon using an annual payment instead of having a direct payment coming out every month. Supporters uh, on Patreon get access to a range of bonus material, bonus episodes, blooper reels, video episodes, and much more. Check out patreon.com forward slash dark for more. And now, the show. When I was in sixth class, we had we had uh, exactly two hours of sex education. That was the entirety of sex education for mm-hmm. my what fourteen years of schooling. Um, and basically, what happened was Muntor Ulton um, sent the girls off to one class, yeah. and the boys in his class, and he uh, very red facedly and embarrassed. Uh, I think showed us a brief video and then talked about it, and then asked everybody to submit a question to the box anonymously. Um, and like uh, we were we were 12 years of age so we knew more than was revealed in the sex ed lessons even though we knew nothing comparatively so i asked the question like is there is can you have sex without getting pregnant we knew what the answer was it was, it was just for the sake of everybody had to put something in but of course the thing about it is mintrolton knew everybody's handwriting <laughs> so when he answered these anonymous questions he'd look directly at the person who fucking wrote it <laughs> well like, oh, father I'm well, just yeah, going to yeah, respond yeah. to your question yes, there. there are certain things you can do like you can you know a woman can use the pill or a man can put on a condom and he's staring at me and I'm I'm just you absolute rotter like I am <laughs> We had a weird video from the HSC. We got a letter home and like that we were separate and the boys and the girls. And I feel, I, I remember the boys being mortified afterward because they got like, our, the teacher was very involved and he like, you know, gave gave monologues and asked questions or answered preemptive questions. Whereas the teacher, we had a woman teacher, of course, because uh-huh. um, and she just kind of looked at us sort of just above our heads not in eye line like just a little <laughs> bit above our heads and said anyone any questions and we all just sort of like also looked above her head and we're like no and then that was <laughs> it <laughs> the um the, i had to teach sex ed oh when, when i was a teacher what? 
Yeah. Well, you've been to, holding out on us. No, Come on, tell sex us. Ed as a teacher, yeah, mm. it was a very uncomfortable experience. Um, the the curriculum guidance was good. The stuff I was teaching was good. It was all part of um, SPHE. Um, so I had to teach that to my own class group uh, when I was teaching. And when I took on that class group, they were in third year. So they were 15. And they just wanted to, they just wanted to rat on each other as to who was right yeah. and who wasn't. <laughs> so, so... <laughs> he's riding his girlfriend <laughs> um, so I just had to make it very clear at the start of the um, uh, of the, the lesson that um, as a designated person with a duty of care to my students I would be bound to report any allegations any exactly yeah so basically I had to say to them listen lads if you're riding I have no option but to snitch on you so do not tell me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do not tell. Just do not tell me which lads and which girls are riding. Just don't tell we don't, me. We don't want to know. We do not want to know. I do not want to know that. All I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about what the responsible thing to do is eventually when you start riding after the age of 17. Uh, and it, it went very well, actually, I have to say. Um, once we got that out of the way, uh, the, the, the curriculum material was all right. Like the course material was decent and it was just, it was nice to be able, because it was a far cry from when I got sex ed. It was nice to be able to talk to them about responsible things. And, and some of them had some really good questions like, you know, and, and it's like this, like they're asking, don't ask me, I'm, I'm an Irish teacher. Like, you know, I was at the time. Don't ask me when is the appropriate time to have sex. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, what? Like when you, when you respect someone, I don't fucking know. Like just... When everyone feels like it and we're all having a good time, guys. We're all having a good time and make sure that make sure that both of you are saying yes the entire time. Like, you know, informed consent. Speaking of contraception, let's talk baby names. Let's talk talk baby baby names. names. (laughs) There's a cold open. (laughs) Live from Dublin and Finland. It's Saturday night. Every time somebody has uh, and user user responsible as well, I thank you very much for it. Mm-hmm. I have a reminder on my phone to to take my contraception at a. I take contraception. Sorry to my mum if she's listening. She's not. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I set a reminder on my phone, but I forget it. But then people post pictures of their children on their Instagram stories, and I'm like, tell that's it. Type that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From the Heads of Podcast Network, welcome to Motherfuck Lore, a podcast about words, Irish. Irish words, words from Ireland, and baby names. I am the pod dad, Dara O'Shea. I'm Geraldine McAvoy. And I'm Pader Quivonic. And you're all very welcome to today's extra special episode. Yeah, it's I, a dad episode. I'm excited. I'm the barren and childless person here to, to provide context. I mean, <laughs> fuck, you had to say barren, didn't you? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> childless, not, is, childless. childless is fine. Like, I don't know. You know I'm I I'm approaching 30 and childless. Presumably I'm uh, just going to disappear off the face of the earth soon. I think. Are we not saying child free now? Child I, free. I would be I, being oh, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about Ch- either of those things. Child free. That just, oh, yeah. that, that makes me question my life choices. It sounds yeah. a bit of a dick move from people who don't have kids. Be like, oh, I'm child free. <laughs> just, we just call them people with disposable income. <laughs> yeah, readers. <laughs> readers. <laughs> people without sticky surfaces? I don't know. I just assume everything no. in a person who mm. owns. They shop at the white company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their white. white goods are still white. <laughs> Tell us about your three week holiday in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know that as I'm scraping shite off the fucking doors and the walls. It's turned into therapy for you, two dads. 
Who, in fairness, have lovely children. But it's like, I like when people come to me and visit with their children. It's lovely because I can give them back. It is it is completely and totally inexplicable because I I sort of I sometimes look at my own life and like I absolutely love being a dad. It is undoubtedly the greatest thing in the world. It's the single best thing I've ever done is to become a dad. It's absolutely class. I love every minute I spend with my child. And yet I know that I have seen shit go up the back and down the arm of a baby grow. I, I know that I have seen this and I have dealt with this and I am unable to explain why I am still happy to be a parent. It, it is completely and totally a mystery to me, the person who's involved in it. I don't understand it. I can't imagine what people looking on think. You see things. You see things in your family and you see them at a point when you were very tired. And, yeah. Anyway, but anyway, children. always tired, always tired. I'm like a post Malone tattoo at this stage. Like <laughs> always tired. Always tired. Mm. Oh yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, every at the end of February, something that I, I get very excited every year is that Ireland releases the new um, database of the previous year's most popular names, the CSO. And as someone who growing up with an unusual name, I have become fascinated with the name with naming process and names in general. I think possibly if my if my head name had been had been John Smith or something like that, I may not have been as interested in names as I am now. And I'm fascinated by names. I had a whole chapter in my first book. Use, I used Irish names as as an example of how to pronounce um, certain features of the of, of Irish spelling and and I've written several name related articles in my uh, in my in my occasional career as a journalist and yes and so there's a big big news this year in the old CSO baby names on 2020 because these were obviously the quarantine the, the quarantine babies and <laughs> the um maybe, how so, many how many coronas uh, <laughs> corona didn't feature too highly but <laughs> One thing that I thought was very interesting is that I was, you know, there's, been, there's been certain names that have been, have been quite popular for a while, and we have a new top girl's name. <gasps> well, what is it? Let us have it. Grace, just hold me in your arms. Oh, that's nice. Grace is a nice name. This moment linger. Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view, Emily has been knocked off the top spot. It's about time. Emily's been sitting there pretty for Listen, too long, all right? She had, a, she had a good run. She had a good she run. Did. Emily had a good run. And it's just interesting. My, I, have, I have a very good friend back from back in Ruth Farnham called Emily Marr. And she, when she was growing up, we were both growing up, um, Emily was a fairly unusual name. And she reacted, in, interestingly, to it becoming extremely popular. And we actually have a little uh, little note from Emily right now to tell you what, what it's like to have an unusual name that becomes very, very popular. Ding! Hi, Emily Marr here. Growing up in Dublin in the early 1980s, I knew almost nobody else called Emily. One girl older than me in primary school and another in secondary school. That's it. I could count them and me on the fingers of one hand. CSO.ie tells me there were 53 other babies called Emily born in Ireland the same year as me in ahem, the late 1970s. I liked my name, liked that it was unusual but pronounceable. I loved that my parents had named me after the writer Emily Bronte. If I heard my name, I knew it was me being called. I was, 99 times out of 100, the only Emily in the room. There was one thing that annoyed me about my name growing up, or more specifically, what was done to it. In the Laura Rolla at primary school, my name was always spelled E-M-I-L-E and pronounced Emila, 
I can see the rationale for changing surnames which were originally Irish, but changing other names made no sense at all. Fast forward to the late 1990s when an athlete with the exact same name as me won the 100 metre and 200 metre at the inaugural World Youth Games. A bank teller asked me if I was THE Emily Marr. Anyone who knows me knows I'm no athlete and I always think of that moment as the beginning of the end of having an unusual name. Until 2020, when it was the third most popular name, Emily has been the most commonly picked name every year since 2011 and in the top five since 2008. So I was delighted to hear the news last week that Emily has been knocked off the top spot with Grace and Fia in first and second place. Every year when the CSO rankings are released, I complain to anyone who will listen. Emily used to be rare. Now it's everywhere. And I frequently hear, Emily, 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 called out in the park. And even though it's almost always a little girl and not 40-something me being named, I always turn around to check. Thank you so much to Emily for sending that in. Garagine, you and I, we... um. Yes, we know we, the we know the struggle. We know what it's like <laughs> to um, uh, yeah, have a name that doesn't feature, and I'm not sure how I react if suddenly there were darks or garagings everywhere. Yeah, I do. I do think that like I've never met another garagine, um, and I know like I exist in the Irish speaking world. I know they're out there. I've just never met one. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it it is uncommon, um, and it is it does cause strife. But I've. I've kind of come around to it. It's funny, I, I wrote myself kind of one of the only times I've uh, written in the journal um, was about fathers and I wrote about my name. And one of the first, in the first paragraph, I wrote about liking my name. And my parents both read it and they both sort of looked at me like, hmm, well, because mm-hmm. I spent my entire teenage years hating it. <laughs> because, you know, you don't want to be different. You don't want to stand out. And I used to get this like, I, I was thinking about it before we were doing this, this episode. And I used to get this like, impending sense of dread every time we had a substitute teacher because they would read the roll call and I would be there waiting I would be in my head I'd be like okay just one second prepare ready sorry he's gone he's left us he said fuck this no more he's done he's finished yeah he's left I can't believe you mentioned substitute teachers like (laughs) that absolutely getting the fuck out that was the cut off point (laughs) we had a we had a substitute teacher um for quite quite a period of time um, in in secondary school, she took our Irish classes, oh, and yeah. uh, Michal decided that he would say his name was um, what did he say? Seamus O'Connella. Uh, but we used to do that to to but to the point that she actually um, she believed him, uh, and she was calling out the role one day, and she said Michal, and he said on short, she said Seamus. Not big maga. Don't be oh, joking. Shameless with the jokes. <laughs> the, the the best one. We used to do that all the time in the class. Like, what, what what was with that? Like with the minute the substitute teachers came, everyone was like, "Okay, fake names, fake, fake names, names all around." <laughs> okay, names all around. Like yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, one substitute teacher went into another class, and um, she just uh, <laughs> just passed around. The, everybody write your names down. So of course everybody started writing down. You know, Joseph Stalin. David Beckham, you know, so I was like, that's, that's fake, that's fake. But somebody just put down Martin O'Crohor, just a very, very normal yeah. name, but there was no Martin O'Crohor in the class. Um, so for the rest of the year, <laughs> while that teacher was there, well, Martin O'Crohor, Neil Chancho, he's not here. <laughs> 
Colin Martin, this is disgraceful. He's never once turned up into the class one time. <laughs> Colin Martin's not, parents, this is fucking ridiculous. Not once. And at one stage, this teacher was uh, was teaching in a classroom that overlooked this path that ran down the back of the school, the far side of a fence. Uh, so one of the students just saw somebody walking down the path and meantime the teacher was having an, an episode about Martin never turning up for class. <laughs> so they, they just went, Shin Martin and Shin, that's Martin there walking down on the path. So the teacher bolted straight to the window, opened the window and roared out, Martin, Taris Jacks' skull! To which this total stranger just turned around and went, Fuck off! <laughs> So the teacher teacher bolted straight to the principal's office. Oh no! And said, "I saw Martin O'Croher walking down the black path at the back of the school when he was supposed to be in my class, and I I told him to come into the school, and he told me to f off." And the principal would just, who? <laughs> <laughs> so the whole the whole gig was up. Oh fuck! You've been had. You fucking had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You were tricked. Yeah, we were we were uh, relating substitute teacher stories and how everyone changes their name when there's a substitute teacher. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them, but as I was saying, so like I used to get this uh, anxiety when a substitute teacher would come along because they would they go like Mahan O'Mahony or Ma- Mahan Mahony like um, whatever, and then eventually like McDonald, then they get to McAvoy and Jerdanen, uh, Jerdanen. <laughs> Grenade. I did get grenade, grenade once. Yeah, I got grenade once. I was like, are you just saying words as they're like, look at it first and try and read it. Um, so I used to get this sense of anxiety. But then I kind of came around to it as I got older because I feel like my name is a bullshit filter that like if somebody isn't going to try and pronounce my name or is immediately going to ask me for a nickname without even trying I appreciate that not everyone can do the proper sounds, like depending on what your first language is. But it's not that difficult um, if you have, you know, a Western sort of language or whatever. It, you know, if you're not trying, you're probably an arsehole. So, mm. yeah, it served a good purpose. As I've gotten older, I've been like, actually, I like this name. You know that? I've come around to it. It does suck that you can't get your name on like a keychain or anything, though. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> there's loads of board mugs, but no <laughs> mugs. Never a guarantee mug. <laughs> Never, I know. Yeah, yeah. Once I, I was, I think Los Angeles kept one of her shots or something, uh, one of her vaccines. And um, yes, because I believe in vaccines. And um, the doctors, and it was like, what, what's the name? And I said, like, La Serena. And he goes, oh. She'll thank you for that. And I was like, go fuck yourself. She fucking <laughs> will thank you for that, yeah, actually. Sure. So get in the bin. She mm-hmm. might not when she's a teenager. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm I think that. every teenager is going to rebel against yeah. their parents for the name that they've been landed with, regardless of whether that name is Emily or Grace or Garadine or La Serena. I don't think I don't think it matters. There's going to be a period where she's not grateful, f- you know, for anything that's yeah. that's fine um but i mean look it's 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 a name i've i, I don't know look it's amazing i i I love this time of year i love these these top 10 lists of names but the surprising thing is unlike like chart unlike chart hits you never get a bolter you always see a name creeping steadily yeah. up the list nobody comes straight in at number one you do yeah. get new entries to the top 10 all the time and sometimes they grow and they grow and they, and they get up there but it's not as if it's not as if there were zero graces last year and there's mm. hundreds of graces all of a sudden yeah. it's a steady climb it's not as if suddenly Owleave becomes the top top boy's name suddenly oh, out of nowhere Owleave number that's one that's one of my favourite names I love that Owleave. name <laughs> 
I was playing after. a game with my partner the other day when this came out because he's not Irish and I was like what is the most Ir- hypothetically for our hypothetical children what is the most Irish name that you would accept Saoirse got a, a look in and Donal I think because of Saoirse Ronan and Donal Gleeson but uh, otherwise I was like I will leave and he was like that's not a name and I was like Fuck you! It is. That's, <laughs> but, it's, you. but it speaks to your, you know, your your potential child's shared uh, Gaelic and Nordic heritage. Yep. Not, not that there were many Finnish Vikings, <laughs> but still, there was a few, and he's a Swedish speaking Finn as well. So the jury's still out on him. Yeah, he's a, he's a <laughs> North man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Even though Grace has taken the top place this year, it, it's one of these things. It's like with the ACDC rule in the charts. It's while it's climbed high, it's done better in the charts. It's actually got less numbers. The ACDC rule is a phenomenon in music history where where a, a band's most successful album isn't their best charting album. Oh, it's but, just got it's got longevity at number yeah, two, exactly. number three. Yeah, Grace has actually dropped in actual numbers of new births, whereas Fia. The big breakthrough name of the cent- of the decade, if not the century, is uh, well, the big breakthrough Irish name has actually been been increasing in its in its volume. Um, F I A D H. Yeah. Wildness. Lovely name. Uh, Very dear. Nice name. Yeah, it's a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name, and it's it's lovely. It's it's crack. It's got on. There's been a lot of um, a few people um, I wouldn't say showed their ass, but a lot of people did put their hands up and say, "What what's going on? Where's this name coming from?" and What's interesting, the great thing about the CSO is they give they give a certain amount of um, regional breakdown as well as giving the actual top figure. And it does seem that FIA is more popular in the west of Ireland. Oh, okay. And the, I mean, I mean the entire western half of the mm. Ireland as opposed to just the west, what we traditionally refer to as the west. So and lots of FIAs on the on Schlee on Atlantic Eon, mm. uh, the Wild Atlantic Way. Oh, Yes. Uh, the I only, don't know the only like I know. No, the, the only fears I know are, are from Dublin. I know a fear, and she's um, she's she's contemporaneous with us, shall we say? Like she's not a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful name. I think it's it it's, it's absolutely lovely. gorgeous. But yeah, I, look, there's sometimes you just there's there's generational names, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like there's generational names. Like when I when I was in college. You couldn't move for Dave's and Sarah's. Yeah, like if yeah. you didn't, if you didn't know where you knew someone, they were probably Dave's mate or Sarah's mate. Like, it, it, and when I was when I was a scout leader, if one of the scouts did something, you could probably get away with shouting either Jamie or Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just it, those are just the generational names, and yeah, we've got a lot of Jacks, a lot of Emilys, and now a lot of Graces. And and I was yeah. delighted that you sang that beautiful song, Derek, because your dulcet tones, <laughs> which is what this podcast tones. needs. I remember you, I was I was at my friend's wedding. Sorry, just a quick aside. I was at my friend's wedding uh, a couple of years ago and um, having a great time, great party. And you know, as is traditional at weddings, any relatives with a bit of talent uh, might be invited up to do an L song. And uh, my friend's daughter, so the daughter of of the groom, sang "Oro Shed of Ahawalya. And then the bride's uncle sang Grace. And these mm-hmm. happened back to back. I swear to God, there were 300 people in that room who wanted to seize the nearest post office. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Come on. It's a great song. Oh, Two better. great songs. Wow. Great songs. We'll be right back after this message for another very fine Head Stuff Podcast Network show. I'm Geroad Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? 
What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible, but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up and it all kind of just unraveled. And I thought it would last forever and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farley on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I would consider that while Grace is like Patrick, that is not etymologically um, an Irish name, but it is a name closely associated with Irish history. But rather than just assert this shit and just move on, which, you know, other podcasts might do, we're the hardest working podcast in town. Yep. <laughs> we, we sometimes assert it and move on, though. Like, I mean, to be fair, we, we, we do that. I've done a fair amount of asserting and moving on in my time. Let's, 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 let's own that. A-A-M-O is what that's called. <laughs> we're doing, we're going to do less. I, it's my resolution to do less A-A-M-O and do more H-W-P-I-T. Hardest working podcast in town. And that's why I, pu- I pulled up the numbers for the... <laughs> that's act- why I did a Google. <laughs> I did, more than, I did multiple Googles. <laughs> and I compared the results because I looked at the baby names in Australia or New South Wales, specifically Massachusetts, Scotland, England and Wales, because they, they combined them and just said, well, you know, how much of this is a global phenomenon and how much of this is specific to Ireland because there are definitely global trends in well, the English speaking yeah. Eng- English speaking world yes mm. I mean I figured to use kind of um how much of Ireland's names represent part of it part of its its Anglosphere kind of function how much of it is that is yeah. specific and are we closer to Scotland or Australia are we closer to Massachusetts or England who's to know we know well, and what do I, we, I figured is do we do we know you know look Grace is generally top tening it around the world in the English speaking world. Generally speaking, it's doing very well, but it's doing markedly better in Ireland and North in the Republic of Ireland and in Northern Ireland. It's I it is more would popular. Have thought that that see, I would I I would have thought that that was actually gonna you were gonna say the UK generally as well because I would have I know there has been a rise in names associated with them. Um, Peaky Blinders and Ada I think has has seen a resurgence and. Maybe Arthur as well, um, and they, they that was connected to Peaky Blinders, given that there are two characters from it. But um, so Grace so this, is also a character from Peaky. the top ten in, in twenty nineteen because you don't have the twenty twenty stats for England and Wales yet. Uh, for okay. girls, it's Olivia, Amelia, Isla, Ava, Mia, Isabella, Sophia, Grace, Lily, and Freya. And Emily isn't even in the top ten in England anymore. So that's wow. it. It's peaked How the there. mighty have fallen. Emily gone. And in Scotland, very again, there's a significant overlap between Scotland and England and Wales. There, Olivia, Emily, Isla. Interestingly, Emily is uh, more popular in Scotland than it is in England and Wales, similar to Ireland. Emily, Olivia, Isla, Sophie, Ella, Amelia, Ava, Grace, Freya, Charlotte. So again, significant overlap there. Charlotte, that's a that's a mm-hmm. royal thing, isn't it? Yeah. there's a princess, yes. Charlotte. There is. That just, happened as well during when the two chaps were born as well, didn't they? Have resurgence oh, and whatever their names are. Harrys and, and George. Mills. George. George. The Daily Mail and the, 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 the Evening Standard say that baby Charlotte or young Charlotte is adorably naughty and is already a style icon. So, I mean. They also said that she's very talented because she speaks two languages before the age of two, like the rest of the fucking world. Most <laughs> of it anyway. Like, like everywhere that isn't Britain. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Like excluding the monolingual yeah. world, which is very fucking small. 
Yeah, I didn't know which two lads you meant. I was uh, George and what's his name? And uh, I don't know what the Louis. 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 Yes, that's it. George yes, and yes. Louis. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought you meant Harry and Will because <laughs> there was loads of them as well. Was there? There's yeah, loads of Harrys. There was a Harry boom after Harry was born. But here's the thing. So I have a, I have a theory that actually, certainly in the in the Irish example, that while names names are pop, we generally think oh, oh people are naming their kids after a famous person. I find the Irish people actually get embarrassed and choose to and veer away from a name when it becomes yeah. when it becomes popular. Like Sinead dropped very sharply as a popular girl's name after Nothing Compares to You was a number one. Oh. Has, Jennifer and Rachel Se- dropped in popularity when Friends became big. Oh. Has Saoirse dropped? It's it's. Well, it's still, it's still one of the most popular Irish names, but yeah. it's 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 holding fairly. The big thing is this is where the Dark's theory, the second part of Dark's theory, kicks in. If there's more than one famous person with that name, then that's fine. If it's if it's if it one famous bearer is rocking it very hard, then you people people veer away from it. But if let's say when you had Harry Potter and Prince Harry, that was okay because then that that the name was normalized. No, you're not named after are, that guy. Yeah, yeah, because yeah the other guy. I remember reading though that. The name Donald got real popular after Mad Men. Oh, and no. And then it got real fucking unpopular quite <laughs> oh, soon <yeah>. after that. <laughs> this is this is a thing. And I, I, to add to this, there was a, I, had an, I had another example there. Elsa was was rising popularity until Frozen. And I, then in Ireland, certainly started tailing off a bit after that because people were like, oh, shit, don't ever think I'm a big sap naming my kid after a cartoon character. I know about five dogs named Elsa after mm-hmm. that because they got a little white dog and they called her Elsa. So I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but um, my oh. name was not meant to be my name initially. I was supposed to be named after my two grandfathers, uh, yeah. James and Robert. Uh, my mom's dad was actually, he was actually born Timothy, but as was very common in Ireland at the time, he's known by his middle name. Uh, so he was Bobby to all and sundry. Um, so I was supposed to be called James Robert. JR. JR, yeah. That's the problem. I was born in ah. 1984 and the biggest TV series at the time was uh, Dallas. So my dad basically put his foot down and said, I'm not naming my kid JR. <laughs> uh, so they picked a, a name that they liked that was the name of a dear friend of the family. And I am Peter. And I was little Peter and my dad's friend Peter was big Peter. Uh, oh, that's cute. Up. So Peter or Pather. Uh, neither... Uh, popular these days, unfortunately, but, or fortunately, who knows? I know somebody who had a baby named Peter recently, and ah. my mom's comment was, "God, that's a very old man name." Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Saying that my Thanks, mom's Guardians oldest brother man. is is named Peter, and he's not that old. He's older than you are, but he's not old. He's like. slightly older than me, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sometimes some names just do fall off, uh, and and without people even realizing it, like a name like Stephen, just and Stephen and Darren have just kind of have, have been steadily dropping, and you didn't think they were kind of owl lad names. And that's because st- if your name's Stephen and Darren, you're contractually obligated to um, mansplain whatever it is a woman is talking about. <laughs> that's deeply unfair to the Stevens of the world. Uh, In my I won't comment on the Darrens. <laughs> Is Stephen the male Karen? No, surely All not. All men are the male Karen. All men are the male Karen, yeah. There's a friend of mine, um, 
He writes uh, a very, very good rugby blog and he is a Munster fan. Um, and he's, it's a brilliant blog. It's called Three Red Kings and it's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, he's got such a brilliant insight into rugby. Uh, but he has a habit of referring to the people who will pop up into his mentions on Twitter to gloat whenever Munster lose. And they're usually, unfortunately for me as a Leinster fan, they're usually my fellow Leinster fans. But he has a tendency to call them all Dermots. It's like, oh, I've got a bunch of Dermots in my mentions. Uh, which, you know, and I've got a lot of friends called Dermot or Dermot and they're not all, not all, hashtag not all Dermots. Uh, but I still, I still smile every time he says it. What's the guy who wrote the Ross Carl Kelly books? What's his uh, name? Paul, Paul Harris. Paul, Paul Harris, 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 yeah. yeah. He, because um, he writes a column in as Ross Carl Kelly uh, regularly. And I remember a few years ago, he did one about a, some some schools game um, and uh, how somebody yelled come on Hugo and there was like nine Hugos on the pitch because it's becoming <laughs> and then recently there's a guy Hugo that plays for the Irish team I can't remember his yeah, name Yeah Hugo Keenan Yeah because it's such to me it's such a bizarre new name but apparently very popular in, in the regional Here's areas the thing Hugo isn't getting big numbers but it's getting big numbers within a very enclosed yeah. community because there was a it was a senior cup game it was a Leinster seniors game and there was a um, three I think it was either three or four Hugos on the pitch and they and they worked out the amount of Hugos that would have been born 17 years earlier means that was actually quite low it just it was it was extremely concentrated within a rugby school um, area yeah and and is it Hugo McNeil was the former Irish international oh, yeah. uh, and a very yeah. very good rugby player Player. Like I imagine in the soccer sets, there's probably an awful lot of Robbies. Like a lot of people, I have. I mean, I know what my parents would have called me if I was like, like a lot of lads. I know what I've been called if I was a girl, and that name was Afric and oh. is Afric, and it's, I've always been curious nice about that name. I always had and always been very curious to meet other Africans and see you know, and and I've, I've followed the progress of the name. I was always surprised at seeing how on the CSO data how. Maybe it's not as big a name because I know about nine or ten Africans, and it seems like there's only three or four born a year. Mm. But and, I don't know any Africans. But then obviously, uh, Africa Nikkei, the, well, the poet. I, I mean, oh yeah, yeah Nikkei, I know the she's like personally. I don't and know the fictional Africans. Africa. Yes, maybe. of course, yeah, uh, from T.G. Carr. And this is the thing. So I, it's uh, whereas within maybe um, within the greater Rathfarnham area, chances are there was a very high. I mean, if you, if you could if you could get concentrate this name right down, you would find yes that maybe phenomena like this do remind me that maybe I do live in a little bit of a bubble. Mm. Yeah, it's funny that way that it happened. Never happened. There was never another. Actually, no. The, sorry, that's a complete lie. There is. So my name is Geraldine, and my parents, my dad went to school with a girl named Geraldine from Stradbally, mm. which is like the next town over. So that's oh. where my name comes from. So I was like, there's no other Geraldines in Timahoe. I think I wrecked it after I came along. There's <laughs> not been another one since. There are, there are Cork names. Oh, um, Con, and, yeah. Finbar. Maya. Like, yeah, exactly. Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gobnet. Uh, Gobnet. Gobnet is very yeah. specific to the Coulee Balavorne area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, there, are, there, are, there are Cork names for definite. There are yeah. probably Dublin names. I, I don't know. I, the only thing that springs to mind are nicknames like Wacker and Joxer uh, and Miller. Bimbo, yeah, mm-hmm. um, but there are, there are probably Dublin names. I know traditionally speaking, George and Eddie were very uh, very Dublin names. Um, something not so, that's not so much anymore. There's possibly so, and I think that that that, that something that's maybe more of a tradition in on the I mean, in the in the inner city in the north side of Dublin is something maybe that that doesn't happen so much as naming a son after their father as opposed to after their grandfather or yeah. some another family member. I was like, supposed to, if if I was born a boy, I'd have been named after my dad. 
Maybe Colin. It's, whereas all the Gary Juniors I know are kind of, and it's, it's, I suppose it just seems to be a geographically, a geographical phenomenon from my limited experience of it. I don't know any, um, I don't know any lads I was in school with who named their sons after themselves. I don't oh, my brother-in-law is named after his dad. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, Where's he yeah. from? Cooley, oh, County oh, Louth. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting to see if our list and listeners have any views on this and how widespread that this phenomenon my is. My uncle was named after my granddad and his son is named after him and his son is named after it. So there's four. But like that being said, so my granddad's name is Liam and then his son was named Liam, but they they we call him Greg. I don't know why. And for a is, long time, my mom thought... Name? No, no. Okay. But there's a lot of that going on in my dad's family. There's an Elizabeth whose name is June. It's not related. My grandmother's name was Mary, but she went by Philomena, which was her middle name. But generally, my mom, when she first kind of like started dating, my dad thought there was a Liam and a Greg and she just hadn't met the Liam yet. But as it turns out, it was the same person. So there's four generations actually of Liam now. Does he have Liam days and Greg days? Is it? Is I don't know. I've never heard him ref- be referred to as as Liam. Maybe on a letter from the bank or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but there's I four of them. But they don't go. The, the youngest one I don't think goes by Liam McAvoy the fourth. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Liam McAvoy the fourth. Yes. Yeah. I've noticed a thing in in uh, American footballers. I'm a big fan of American football. And a lot of the, something I've only noticed in recent years, a lot of the the players who would be young enough men, they'd be in their 20s or 30s, but I've noticed a lot of jerseys with senior on the back. Oh. And it's just, oh, you've just named your kid after um, yourself and now you've insisted on putting senior on the senior. back of your jersey. In case they don't mix you up with the five-year-olds. Yeah, but that's the thing, like really, surely the senior is only supposed to apply when the kid has started to go and make a name for themselves and yeah. you need to be differentiated. Like junior applies automatically. Like yeah. Liam's, Liam's son is Liam Oak, regardless. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that absolutely has to happen. But Liam doesn't become Liam more until you need to you know, differentiate between Channel Liam and Liam Oak. Like, you don't, you know, until you need yeah. to put the senior there, he's just Liam. Um, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's curious. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know that many people named after their dads. It's sort of, it, it sort of fell out of, fell you out know, of fashion in my neck of the woods. You just reminded Anton Bjog. Anton Bjog O'Culla. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. instead of Oak, it's Bjog. It's like, Bjog and Donegal. Yeah. yeah. Which I, uh, which I, I always that. liked. Because yeah. Anton Bjog is a strapping beast of a man. Like, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's in fine vettel. He's, he's not an, an at all. excellent specimen of a human he being. Is, he is. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he listens to this show, so <laughs> yeah, Anton, <laughs> uh, But I like that ism. I like that much more than Junior or the Second. I like the Og or the Bjog. Sweet. Yeah. Like if you if you say Sean Og, you know that you're talking about Sean Og Helpin. Yeah. Yeah. You know. This is as opposed to his dad. Just yeah. Sean. Sean O'Halloran. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I know, and, yeah, and uh, particularly when you get in, in, in Celtic areas, when you have the, over the, like, where there's, there's several Jimines, and so there's Jimine Moraig is, you know. I love that. That is yeah. my favourite thing. Oh, Jimmy Pat- Fatig. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. love it. Mickey, Mickey Ned. More yeah. of, more of Fat Willie. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> it's the animal tool. The animal tool is, mm-hmm. is is absolutely brilliant. It's uh, it's one of my favourite features of 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 Gaeltacht culture, um, and you, like if you were to if you were to have an animal tool, and and the, I love the fact that it's not always a patronymic. It's not always your dad. If your mam was more well known, 
uh, or from uh, an older, more prominent family, you'd have your mom's name or maybe one of the grandmothers in there. Um, so like I, I were, like my animoi tool, if I had a, an, an animoi tool, would be um, Pather Hamish Hamish. <gasps> which oh, which yeah. I really like, actually. I'd really like to be known as Pather Hamish Hamish um, because my dad's Shay and my granddad is James. Uh, so it'd be like Pather Hamish Hamish. That's wonderful. I know, I yeah. really, but unfortunately, I'm also just the only fucking Pather. So yeah, there's no need, need to need be this. differentiated. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that I like so much about it because there could be like, do you know, 15 Ned Hulavans, but you need, so you need to clarify which Ned Hulavan you're talking about, which I adore. I think it's lovely. But then you can go, nice. you can either go with that, like, so you could have uh, Ned Hyan Wire. Uh, you know, who's Ned, who's Sean's son, who was Moira's son. Um, or you could have, like, say if Ned O'Sullivan likes wearing hats, if he's always wearing hats, you could Ned, Ned a hatta. <laughs> which, which I just love. It's yeah, absolutely class. No, Ned, Ned a hatta matters far ehner, as he is better known. <laughs> reading this week about a guy in Derry, I think he's called Ma- Mahogany Shoulders, or Johnny Mahogany Shoulders, because he went to four funerals in a week. <laughs> We need to do an episode on the fucking ridiculous ways that people get nicknames in Ireland. <laughs> like, I adore. Somebody had a thread on Twitter not long ago. I can't remember who it was, but it was like, tell me the stupid nicknames. And it was like that, you know, somebody ordered a fancy latte one time and they were forever known as Jimmy Latte. Like, <laughs> One of my favourites is a, a guy in Cork whose nickname was Chili because his real name is Con Carney. That's great. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. There was, a fa- there was a family on the Blaskets and uh, one member of the, 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 this family, he, he set a record for throwing a large stone called a Cashed. And so not only was he nicknamed Cashed, but that entire branch of the family for generations and generations are called Cashed, which is just, <laughs> just brilliant. Why are you called Cashed? Oh, my great grandfather threw a stone off a fire one time. Brilliant. <laughs> So mundane. I love it. <laughs> so I'm in a, I, I sew a lot. I'm in a sewing group on Facebook. And uh, a few weeks ago, I posted a picture of something I had made and there was like a bunch of comments. And then one lady was like, oh, I love your name. Like, I'd really love to use it. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to call her baby after me. And I was like showing her how to pronounce it. So I gave her actually a link to the podcast where I say it. And she was like, great. I raise Karen Terriers and I like to give them Irish names. <laughs> So there's a fucking Karen Terrier in Kentucky named after me. That's it. (laughs) Great stuff. So I couldn't do an episode about baby names without seeking the expertise of Ireland's premier maternity related podcast that is Mother of Pod. I spoke to Sophie and Jen, the presenters of that very show, recently, and the topic of baby names and choosing them came up. Now, my big name choosing tip is practice shouting the name angrily. That was a good one. That is going to be like 80% of the time you're going to be saying this name angrily and shoutily. And um, I noticed that. So I learned that tip later. So with my first son, his name is Rufus. And like that doesn't sound, it's Rufus. Doesn't Mm. sound good. Rufus. Rufus. Like sometimes I put the bark at the front of the word and lead with a rufus. Um, 
<laughs> but then I learned. Now, what I also um, had with naming is um, letting my mum name them, actually. Terrible mistake. Oh. Um, that's the thing. Did you guys find this? I thought it was going to be really fun picking a name for a baby. I thought that's going to be one of the fun activities. And I found I was bored of that conversation after about eight minutes and spent the next nine months just being like, oh, God, oh, we have to do the name. Oh, we have you to do the name thing. You find out a lot about suddenly, you find out all about your partner's exes and their names. Oh, yes. that's right. Yes. yes. I was like, I mean, yeah, because like last week was first, so then suddenly I was like, oh, oh, we can't actually use that name. Sorry, or that name either. And then, but yeah, so that second time around, I got to experience what it's like the other way around. But the, um, <laughs> no fun. No, no fun at all. Do you, do, do you also just, find you squirt out the kid and then you look at it and then you look at the name options and you're like, none of these are going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I abandoned all of the pre-listing and none of the kids that names had ever been on those lists. Do you know that kind of way? Mm-hmm. Like um, my mom picked Rufus and Arlo, which is my first two. And uh, I don't know why. Like I tried to change Arlo's name quite soon after. I remember. I that. wanted to then change it to. Uh, do you remember what the new name was? Oh, was it like Frank or something? It was no. quite on Arlo. And um, I, what happened was, I tried to change it. I think it was Melvin. Sorry, it was Melvin. And um, I tried to change the new baby's name to like Mel, Melvin, your pal. And um, what happened was Rufus was three. He was my oldest. And what happened? He kept. Being like, but what happened to the other baby? Where's Mel? And I was like, no, no, this. where's Arlo? This is Mel. This is Mel. And what I realised was going to happen was this kind of weird family, a dark family secret was going to kind of mushroom Ghost here child. out of this out of this scenario where Rufus would always be like, but I had where's another brother. Arlo? Where's Mel? Where's Arlo? And then like, you know, he'd be in therapy years from now. And they'd be like, you know... Any, any, you know, trauma, and he'd be like, "Oh, I had another brother," <laughs> and he'd never accept the truth. He just changed the name of the child. The, the name didn't fit right. Never accept go with that it. truth. So it's really hard to change a baby's name when it has a sibling, because yeah. the sibling will always remember the original name. Mm-hmm. Yes, top tip. If you, I would like to do a shout out to anyone currently naming, and if you're like me and you're like, "Hey, we'd like to put something interesting in, but uh, don't want to push it." I encourage you to have a bit of crack with a middle name. Mm-hmm. Arthur is my eldest. His middle name is Justice. Arthur and, um, Justice. Oh, excellent. Robin is my O'Neil. youngest. And her name is Robin Hearts O'Neill. It's hey. an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, she, oh. She'll clearly fucking hate it. But uh, that's her problem. <laughs> I'm going to have had a real laugh in the meantime. And, you know, is that not what parenting's all about? Finding some me time. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get some enjoyment where you can. I think absolutely. It's, Any micro revenge on your child. Perfect. 100%. Before you go, I'd love to ask you both what your favourite Irish words are. Yes. I'm ready. Schketamini. Schketamini. Oh, fantastic. Has anyone What's ever that? said schketamini before? No one has said Excited. it. And th- as, as No one has picked it as their word yet, as a matter of fact. So that's fantastic. Do you want to tell us what, you, what, what it means? It means excited. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Got, got the schketaminis. I was going to say, yeah, you've got the schketaminis on you, uh, which I do enjoy. Um, love they to get the excitement on me. Um, I love <laughs> sh- <Sorry>. schketamini. <laughs> what did you say? 
<laughs> no, I just really get getting the excitement on on you. I, I didn't. I, I just got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just think it's a fun word to say, and it's a fun feeling to feel. And also, if anyone ever read Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt, um, there was a whole running thing about how his mom called sex the excitement. And then, like people having the excitement on the couch and the excitement over here and the excitement over there and the excitement like out in the dumpster back alleys of Limerick with the rain pouring down. And anyway, so Shketamini is my fave. Fabulous. What's yours, Jen? I like the Irish for sea... Fuelon, Fuelin, Fuelon, the Irish for seagull. Um, I like the word. It suits the bird perfectly. Aggressive. We'll take whatever's in your hand. (laughs) What are you Mm. looking at? Don't you think? Also, I knew a guy with the name (laughs) which I thought was strange. But, you Mm -hmm. know, we're an an accepting country. You go, be that bird. Yeah, you you do you. You You do do you, you, seagull pants, friend. (laughs) Shit on my shoulder. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. That was Sophie and Jen from Mother Pod, available on the Tall Tales Podcast Network. You can hear the entirety of our conversation on our Patreon. We hope you'll check it out. Sophie, Sophie White, has just released a book called Corpsed. It is published by Tramp Press, which... And if that isn't a seal of quality, I don't know what is. Anything they touch turns to gold. So Corpsed by Sylvie White is definitely a book to look after. It's a it's a memoir, a literary memoir in the in the same vein as Notes to Self and Ghost in the Throat. And I'm sure it'll be as successful as those two books are. I love that. Love that. Um definitely Sophie. Sophie was very popular for a while, wasn't it? Yes. We did that there, so <laughs> <laughs> So, by the way, sorry, Derek, I know you mentioned it earlier, but we should just point out that in New South Wales, for some reason, Oliver is on an incredible streak, an incredible streak. Yeah. Like Oliver has recently been displaced as the top name, but I mean, has been the top name in like eight of the last nine years. Really? It's incredible. There must be so many Olivers bouncing around Sydney. Would you yeah. Would you name a kid Oliver over here? Does Plunkett outweigh Cromwell? I think, I mean, generally speaking, people think Cromwell, they just think Cromwell. I mean, we don't really think of, we don't refer to him as old Oliver, unless you're referring to maybe um, Elvis Costello songs, Oliver's Army or anything like that. Is that about Cromwell? I think, I think Oliver's Army is a reference to Cromwell. Jesus. I like that I could be wrong in that. So please, just please (laughs) hit me up with with, with what the the right answer. Lasse's nephew here is is Oliver. He's got, he's got an Oliver as a nephew. I I think it's it's a lovely name. I do think it's a lovely name. So please do, um, do do hit us up with stories about how you got your name, maybe how your name is mispronounced. Think factors you take into on board when naming a child. We'd love to hear from you. We'll we'll put them in, in the next some of them in the next episode. Until the next time, thank you just so much for joining us today. It's a slon from me. A slon from me. Like a slon Wemshire. Thank you very much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Mother Folklore comes out every week on the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you can't wait that long for your next podcast fix, Headstuff have a number of other very fine shows for you to check out. A favourite of mine is Words Sell Effect, presented by Connor Reed. Thank you very much, Brian, for producing. Thank you to Kirsten for doing the wonderful art. You can get discounts on Kirsten Shields' art prints if you support us on Patreon. Check that out at patreon.com forward slash Derek.
Until the next time, slang This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. People with so, children are the greatest contraceptives there are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bye bye, baby.